Hello and welcome to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this week, our favourite sewer-dwelling clown returns to take down our evil robotic mother who's trying to stop four kids from saving the world from an alien invasion. But before we get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report. Last episode, we released the what was meant to be a creature film but ended up being a... Uh, I guess a family-friendly romp with a furry CGI companion in Shrunk the Prairie Dog, uh, starring James Marsden as a person t- chasing tornadoes, and um, oh, we we cast um, John Mulaney as John Mulaney. our titular Prairie Dog. How did that go? Uh, you, you may remember that um, with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, shortly mm. after the trailer came out, there was a, a big outcry that they got the character design mm. wrong. Yeah, I heard and, something and like that. And the directors mm. were going to go, hey, we'll actually fix this up before the release. Yep. And a very similar thing happened with ours. Really? Uh, we put out the trailer mm. and people went, we don't like Shrunk the Prairie Dog <laughs> at all. Why? So we decided we can just get rid of him. <laughs> So so we released the Completely. film. Just he's gone. We 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 like we didn't even need to CG him out of the film because he wasn't in we there did, to we start just with. Turn the render layer off. Exactly, and, gone. and it's just and he's he's not in the film anymore. So hang on, I'm sure that we wrote dialogue where James Marsden's character interacts directly with this character. Absolutely, there was a I'm pretty, there's a line where like the two of them enter a diner. Kathy Bates then turns to the shocked people that are there and then says, "What you ain't never seen a prairie dog before?" Do we leave that in there? It's, it's look, it's very. Different difficult to cut around uh we still had to pay john mulaney a lot of money even though the character's not in the film anymore but now it's really just james marsden chasing an artificial intelligent tornado and there's no there's no weird creature uh video game character in there at all so did we cut out all the dialogue where he's interacting with it again like how short is this film now it's lots of james marsden's just like just his (laughs) close-ups and you'll see like he just goes to turn to the to the side to speak to the character who's in the car but then like it just cuts to it and there's he's just in the car alone just okay driving. look i i clearly didn't see this film i was too busy being an executive this week so i i believe there was a scene where Shrunk in the original script gets thrown out the window of the ute um as they're chasing a tornado and his whole thing is that he can soar around in the tornado with gopro on his head to get all this amazing footage that no other tornado hunter can get how was that justified in the version Look, that we actually I, I don't released? know how these editor wizards do this <laughs> but you know there's there's ways apparently of cutting around it uh, we've re-edited, <laughs> we've done ADR, we've done pickup. Jeez. Um, but I, the, the one thing we couldn't do was retitle the film, though. Okay. <laughs> so it's still called Shrunk the Prairie Dog, uh, but it is just an action thriller, uh, right, James cool, Marsden cool. chasing t- tornadoes. Will there be a um, like a, a remastered version, a director's cut? Well, the, or t- a- the tie-in video games don't make any sense anymore, either, because you used to play as Shrunk, yeah. and now we had to delete this sprite. <laughs> so theoretically, you can complete the game if you know all the moves, but he, yeah, the, the, it was the just meant to be an endless and runner. You yeah. just like ran and then you tap. Like, I think we even made it so you just completely ran. You were invincible. Yeah. So you just ran through. Exactly. So now you're just saying. You're just seeing the, <laughs> the enemies go past. You can't see Skrunk anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, but it was highly successful. Oh, so, well, great. I mean, that's that's really all we're after. That's, that's amazing. It's good to know. <laughs> all right. On to this week in trailers. And first trailer for you today is... It, Chapter 2, directed by Andy Muschietti and starring James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, and Bill Hader. Yes, I'll help you. I used to live here. 
Won't you come in? It's the least I can do. Is it like you remember? Cleaner. Well, you feel free to look around while I get the water boiling. Your hair is a winter fire. January embers. music. I do apologize. It gets so very hot here this time of year. It's fine. Well, you feel like you could just about die. <laughs> but you know what they say about Derry? Hmm. No one who dies here ever really dies. I didn't see it, chapter one. Because or, or I even saw the trailer, it, and it, I decided it, it was not for me. And also, I didn't see the original one with uh, Tim Curry from mm. back in the 80s. Yep. Haven't read the book. No. Nope. Uh, this says teaser trailer. It is definitely like a full... It's it's like a... It's basically like a big chunk. It's a big, a big scene, scene and uncut, then, and then, as is. Uh, so the basic premise of this is that it's set... Uh, I don't know, two or three decades after the events of the original It film. 27 years to be specific. So, uh, yeah, apparently, part of the mythology again, of this clown. Not that it's expressed in the trailer at all, but apparently he can only come out every 27 years. Yep. Uh, it uh, is the grown-up versions of the kids that were terrorized the, by the clown yep. uh, in back in what I assume is the 80s. Yep. Uh, so you've got Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, uh, Bill Hader, um, well, spoiler alert, I assume they survived the original encounter. Well, and, uh, double spoiler alert. Again, I'm pulling in information about it that I know from just reading bits. One of the kids doesn't actually survive the first film. But obviously it's not the character that Bill Hader is playing the no, grown-up version of. No, um, There is a very prolonged um, scene in this where uh, Jessica Chastain's talking to this old lady... Um, and then it gets really super creepy and it turns out that she's the daughter of Pennywise and her dad was the clown who, from the 1920s or whatever, yeah. and people who die in, what was the place called? Uh, oh, whatever the town is called. Derry. Sure. Never really die. It's actually very, very creepy. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, then it you know, sort of cuts to, like, this chapter will end and now the kids are all grown up and they may have survived the first one, but yep, Pennywise yep. is back and he's got creepy makeup again. Yep, oh, no. Yep. It's ba- yeah, look, um, obviously this is the kind of film to see if you've seen the first one. And I believe that the whole point with the first one and this one is that it's meant to be much more, um, much more faithful to the book than any of the other uh, adaptations of it have been. And I believe there was a, a mini-series, there was the TV film, the the original that you mentioned as well, uh, and they the studios wanted to split into two films because the books deal with the exact same time frame. Like, it deals with the original kids, and then they flash forward to 27 years later as they're all adults. So is this the book from the 80s, then presumably the Pennywise that they're dealing with as kids is in the 60s and then the 1980s no, 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 I, I, is I there the, adults? Well, maybe. Or, or I don't Stephen know. King such a visionary that he was <laughs> flashing into 2019 maybe. from the 80s. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, I, well, I assume the people that have read the book probably know. Um, this book, I mean, this film rather looks creepy. It does, uh, yeah. The, the, the scene that they show in this trailer is just like, you, you just, you know that there's a jump scare coming, but it never comes. No. And then like... It sounds comical when I say it, but basically the old lady 
disappears off into a hallway and then you see her flash behind Jessica Chastain's character except she's completely naked yeah and then there's a a, a transition to another scene and then we come back to Jessica Chastain suddenly being furiously attacked by a naked old lady. And it sounds hilarious, but it's really not. It's, 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 but the naked old lady shot is almost like a POV shot where you kind yeah, of yeah, only see yeah. these legs this, kind le- of like... flailing run. limbs, basically. Uh, and oh, yeah, yeah, it, it looks co- it looks like it should be comical. I, I'm getting vis- vid- uh, visions of like Kermit the Frog's flailing yeah, exactly, limbs yeah. as he runs around, but <laughs> it is it is a creepy naked old lady, so it's it's actually terrifying. Yeah, so look, we can't describe how creepy this is using words, so let the vision of the trailer do that job for us. Um, stellar cast though. Um, oh yeah, that huge cast. You know, you got the James McAvoy's, the the Jessica Chastains, the the Bill Hader's, the guy from the Old Spice commercials is also in there, <laughs> um, and uh, Bill Scar. Asgard comes back as yeah. it, looking just creepy Pennywise. as all hell. Yeah. Uh, it slash Pennywise, same thing. What's whatever. with the the trope these days of like not calling it like it too, but it has to be chapter two or the second coming? I or- don't know. Again, might be one of those things that I haven't read the book, but it might actually is meant to relate to the book a bit more. So because this was a book, because they're trying to be very faithful to it, I'll let them off the hook with using chapter two um every other film that attempts to do that that doesn't have a book tie-in can go to hell so john wick specifically yeah (laughs) (laughs) unless that is based on a book and if so i would like to read it it chapter two will be out later this year trailer two for this week's episode is i am mother directed by grant sputor and starring hilary swank clara rugard and rose byrne home of really weird conceptual films that also have a really cool sci-fi twist to them yeah so this film um starts off in a facility of some sort of very sort of high-tech but empty facility Uh, a robotic presence pulls out an embryo and then we sort of see a sequence of shots of a child yeah so starting from baby test tube embryo that's being baked in i don't know some sort of test tube oven yep (laughs) <laughs> easy bake oven yep uh and um this baby grows up to be a, a young woman uh who knows her robot carer as mother um, and so the robot looks very much like a, a mass effect single eye yeah lens uh not, bipedal definitely thing. not like a friendly looking robot but has a, a voice 
provided by Rose Byrne, uh, and has basi- is basically the only presence that this girl has known for her entire life. Mm. Uh, suddenly, Hilary Swank's character breaks into this facility, and all hell breaks loose. Uh, so the, the twist is obviously when Hilary Swank comes along and starts telling this girl, she's probably, what, 15, 14, 15-year-old yeah. girl, that the robots are actually responsible for the destruction of the entire human race. Yep. Uh, they're out there killing everyone and everything that the this mother robot has told the girl her entire life is a lie. Uh, and because there's a big spanner in the works, the mother robot sort of goes, actually, you know, Hilary Swank's character is telling you lies, but... You know, we don't shouldn't believe her. She's disrupting everything, and then there's this sinister overtone as like the robot's lights flash on the side of the head as she yeah, detects yeah. a threat. And you're just like, well, wh- who's right in this scenario? Is it <laughs> the human who's saying the robots are bad? Is this robot different? Is it not any yeah. difference? It kind of flirts with the idea that there's a bit of a psychological twist, or not a twist rather, but a psychological con um, uh, core to the girl's character who sort of has to question whether or not the entire life that she's known so far is true or not or is um correct or not because she basically has never seen another human but now a human is telling her that the mother that she's known for her entire life is not actually what she thinks so there's a bit of a a, a kind of horror twist a bit of a psychological twist there as well whether or not it actually carries through (laughs) in the in the in the full film remains to be seen we i mean look the two of us predicted that hillary swank's character is yeah. probably related to the girl in some because, way because she's a test tube uh, baby and we see that there's like sort of like racks upon racks of uh, fetuses that are undeveloped yeah. that uh, you know they could potentially go and then as the girl grows up she's got this long brain, brown straight hair I, I assumed that she was the young Hilary Swank and yeah, she was going to grow look, into Hilary Swank they kind of similar they're like, oh, we're playing different characters. I'm like, well, after Gemini Man yeah. last week with Will Smith and then the our Nexus 6 yeah. with young and old Dave yeah. Bautista, I assume that they're a younger and older version of each other. It's not... When they didn't say that in the trailer, I'm like, is it supposed to be a twist or did we just assume <laughs> that someone else was ripping off our films? Yeah. Um, I feel as though it is going to be a twist at the end at probably, some stage. Probably, I but, so. uh, And it probably will be that twist that we've just said. So sorry if we spoilt it, but uh, we will just, uh, you know, I don't know. Don't, don't listen to our podcast then. Yeah, uh, this looks reasonably well made. They've got uh, some mm. effects budget behind it. Again, it's Netflix. Sometimes uh, you see with Netflix that it yeah. looks like small screen special effects. Sometimes it looks like uh, they've done a, an effort to make uh, things practical effects. They, um, they shot this film in Australia, okay. surprisingly, and uh, the robot itself was designed by Weta in New Zealand. There you go. So, uh, Weta's really good for making practical effects robots yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. They did... Um, this robot What's actually the Scarlett does Johansson one, uh, uh, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, yeah the, a, a, a lot there. of the stuff they did in that was was practical effects for robots to, yeah. so you weren't sort of trying to constantly blend CG in with it. It does so. actually look like a practical, like they've built a practical robot. Either that or the CGI is just phenomenally good. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, that'll be out on Netflix whenever they decide to put out a new film, probably in the next two days. Final film for this week's episode is Rim of the World, directed by McGee and starring Jack Gore, Maya Cech, Benjamin Flores Jr. and Alessio Scalzotto. Everybody's gone! Look, honey, this summer is going to be great. You're going to make friends. There's nothing to worry about. Welcome to the Rim of the World Adventure Camp. Alex, I am your leader, Logan. I love you. Um. Enzen, where are you going? 
I don't think we should wander this far. Maybe we should head back? Follow me. What was that? I've never seen anything like them. It's Independence Day. It's June, Gabriel! We just need to wait here until the adults realize they left us. Did you see the size of that thing? Was that an alien? It has a dog! We've got another Netflix one here, I believe. Uh, sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, like, I mean, this is the kind of film where a competing studio would look at what another studio was doing and then say, right, let's take the elements of those and turn them into something like that, but wholly original. And in this case, Netflix has done that to itself. Because <laughs> uh, it's basically take Stranger Things, put it in current day and make it about aliens. Uh, they've also ripped off another studio, <laughs> namely movie film studios. Yeah. We made a film a while back uh, in the Gone in 60 Seconds franchise. I think we called it Gone in 2060 Seconds. Yep, that's about right. Uh, which was set in the future, but basically involved a group of kids who were trying to prevent the apocalypse by, you know, returning to a facility to stop a vi- like a, a computer computer virus. Computer AI. They had to go to a server yeah. room to power it on to destroy the AI. Yeah. This is the same this thing. This is it's, very it's, similar. It's four kids who were at a, a summer camp. Uh, while they're there, there is a, a alien spaceship invasion. Yep. Um, they freak out and run into the city and find that the army is trying to repel the invasion. Yep. They meet an army man who gives them a key to activate the satellite network that protects Earth. Yep. Um, and the army man dies, and they have to travel seventy miles to the nearest facility to insert the key and save the world. Yeah. And it becomes a, a road trip journey as these kids have to battle aliens. They yep. uh, have to learn how to drive a car. Yep. They ha- like drink champagne, or the, you know, generally um, being sort of delinquents yeah. in this action yep. adventure environment. It's a, I mean, it's a thing that's going. You know, the the kind of plucky kids. Uh, trope that started i guess with the goonies and possibly even sooner than that is really just getting hammered to pieces right now there's a lot of films doing the exact same thing um yeah, it actually looks quite a lot like the um uh seth rogan uh and uh uh his writing partner who's andy gold andy gold evan goldberg evan goldberg yeah um they have a, a film coming out which is three friends from school riding around being delinquents. That's right, yeah. Uh, only that's much more of a stoner comedy with yep. kids, whereas this is very sort of action-y, adventure yeah. some somewhat taking itself seriously in terms of um, them being burdened with this responsibility <laughs> of saving the world. It, I mean, like, this film kind of looks fun, but it also looks really oddly manufactured as well. It doesn't feel natural. So you, you watch the kids in Stranger Things and you're like, oh yeah, they're real kids. Whereas you watch the kids in this one and you're just like, you've just assembled like, if if someone had to de- like def- put a definition to what kids look like, yeah. you've done that. You've got the like, slightly portly but like jokey kind of kid you've got the too cool for school kid you've got the weird girl character you've got then you've got the like nerdy rubik's, nerdy cube, kid. rubik's cube kid with red hair it was it was they they put it into a stereotype generator and this is what they got <laughs> this out. is what they got out it really does feel very cookie cutter they've looked at films like um uh 
Stand By Me, they've looked at, again, Stranger Things, they've looked at Goonies, they've put it all into a big machine, and then they've said, let's just take it from movie film studios instead. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I don't it, know. It sort of toes the line. Um, so, it, it does say in this film from the director who brought you uh, The Babysitter, which yeah. was another, I believe, Netflix film. Yeah. Um, I quite enjoyed it. I think yeah, it was... They didn't uh, say from the director that bought you Charlie's Angels and, and Charlie Ch- Angels. Look, full you know, th- they did very well financially. Yeah. Also, what did, what did else McGinn? We Are Marshall. Terminator Salvation. And Terminator Salvation. Yeah. So, you know, he's he knows what to do with big money. <laughs> he doesn't... I just don't understand why he calls himself McGee. That's I, just let's always just, eluded let's me. Let's just not go there. <laughs> Anyway, again, go see this on Netflix whenever they decide that they need to advertise to us again. And those are the three trailers for this week's episode. But of course, before we can do anything with those, we're going to have to take a little walk over to the green room. Let's go. And here we are. Let's have a quick recap of this week's trailers. We have a horror film set uh, several decades after with uh, yeah. with adult characters. A sequel, yeah. Dealing with what's, uh, what their children selves have already dealt with. Yep. We also have... A high-concept sci-fi post-human extinction apocalypse with artificial intelligence and humanity overtones. Nice, nice. And finally, we have... A ensemble kid action-adventure uh, road trip film. Great. I believe that you chose I did. last week, even though we didn't really honour the selection. It's, no, well. it's, it's turned into a creature film by editing Shrunk Out, so... Um, <laughs> That's a good point. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, anyway, the honour goes to me this week. A really good selection, actually. Yeah. This, I think we could make something out of any of these uh, films. I do like Rim of the World. I feel like if... If we are going to get ripped off by Netflix, we should then in turn rip off the ripoff. I think so. So let's do Rim of the World. But as usual, we'll probably try and chuck in elements from the other two films. I really don't know how we're going to jam in It Chapter 2. But anyway, we'll I, th- I mean, there. it's easy with uh, I Am Mother. It's just one of the kids is a robot, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. Okay. That's immediately off the bat. One of the kids is a robot. Secret robot or just is a robot? No, no, absolutely. Like, it's, it is the same Mass Effect single oh, yeah, eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like is, a cyborg thing. Like, But it's like three quarters of the size of other robots. Yep. So you know that it's a child robot. If f- such a thing can possibly exist. What was that film called? Um, uh, Chappie with uh, yes, Sigourney yep. Weaver, which had a sort of youngish... Dev Patel was Dev in Chappie? Dev Patel yeah. was in it as well, yeah. A young kind of kid, kiddish kind of robot who becomes a bit of a, you know, runs away from its facility and, and sort of becomes a... Wants to become a rapper and, and do all Really? Sorts of yeah, okay. Yeah. Absolutely critically panned as far as I remember. I, I believe so. By, uh, Neil Blomkamp did uh, District, District 9. District 9 and... Elysium. Uh, Elysium with Matt Damon, yeah. Anyway, so, like, do we want to have... Is this, like, the kind of Jetson-style future where uh, having a cyborg robot child who doesn't look like a human, like, looks very much like a robot, is just normal? Like, it, it's kind of... Uh, I don't think it's common, but it's also not something to uh, comment. Yeah, it's just a thing. It's just there. Like, they, yeah. they have it. Like, in the same way that the Jetsons have the, the maid, whatever Rosie. Name, Rosie, yeah. Uh, yeah. These kids also just have a robot sidekick who yeah. happens to be a kid. Yeah, who they're, uh, just, they're friends with. It's like, you've got random stereotypes. Yep, uh, he can be Data. He's, he's the yeah, nerd. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the design of him as well. You know how, again... Shows like the Jetsons and stuff, they had robots, but they always had to make, like, robotic versions of very human things. So, like, 
our version will have a pocket square, but it's not really a pocket square. It's yeah. just like a strip of metal. And he'll also wear glasses. Yeah, but- <laughs> that's actually not a bad idea. Like the the robot with glasses. I like I like the fact that he's carrying a backpack as well. Yeah, yeah. So like for all intents and purposes. We could have written it as a human character, right. <laughs> but yeah. it's played by a robot. It's played by so. a robot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if the robot doesn't work out, we'll edit him out in post and yeah. put in a real person. <laughs> uh, okay, like okay. So we have we've started in a very weird way where we started with one of our characters. It does inform, like obviously, that it has to be set in the somewhat the future, not so distant, not too distant future. future. I think we set it in a future that is not far away enough to be viable for the type of technology that we're talking about. So I like how films like Back to the Future sort of pitched 2015 as this amazing year where so many ridiculously crazy technological advances had happened and then we flash forward to actual 2015 and none of that stuff has happened. You say flash forward, this is actually a big flash backwards now. Yes, yeah, sorry, but you know what I mean, yeah. right? So I think... Uh, we'll set ours maybe like 15 years into the future. I wouldn't even go that far. No, I'm really? Say five years? Five years? Yeah. Well, we've already well, got we're... cyborg robotic kids. No, in 2025, it's just like, you oh, know, yeah. that there's some advancement in, in robotics. There's that company, I think it's Dapra, who makes uh, a lot of... They do a lot of YouTube videos where they show robots walking and yeah. doing really creepy looking <laughs> but, things. But what they do is they kick the robots... And then they kick them, yeah. And, and knock them down. And it's obviously to demonstrate that it's got this gyroscopic yeah, yeah, balance. Yeah. But it's really just <laughs> guys just... <laughs> Kicking these dog-like <laughs> robots. I've also seen one. Um, do you remember in? Uh, is it uh, Ducktales? Yep. Where the the um, the superhero duck, yeah, uh, Robo Duck or whatever he's called, <laughs> has has those wheels for feet. Oh, uh, yeah. Also yeah. a little bit like Rosie from the yeah. Jetsons. Yeah. Oh, so we're gonna do that. The, I have seen the robot who does it. And oh, like, really? It, like it'll it'll go up to a table and then it'll crouch down like a spring and jump up. Ooh, yeah. And then like land on its wheels and, and wheel of, across the table. Yeah, right. it, it, it looks kind of like a robotic superhero. All right. So let's have our data kid robot have a single wheel as yeah. its primary mode of transport as its leg uh anyway okay so we assume that five years in the future means that DARPA has like absolutely nailed the idea of a humanoid-esque robot that can just sort of go out and do its own thing yeah. uh so wh- and there's a few of them around like if, if you went oh, yeah, to yeah. school now and you've got a a, a year group of like 90 kids yeah like Six of them are robots. Probably robots. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's still predominantly humans. Yep. But for some reason, there's these childlike robots who are also attending <laughs> school with school. you. Because they like, like AI, they've developed AI. Yep. But it's not like the post-apocalyptic AI where yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. What, as soon as it learns to think for itself, it can instantly learn everything. Yeah. This is an AI which is just as smart as a kid. This is so like, you still have to teach it all the same way that you would teach a kid. Yeah. It's the concept of like the Futurama style or the Jetsons again style robots where like yeah they have artificial intelligence and they clearly have capabilities beyond that of humans but they're just fine with doing their yeah. thing uh, but okay. we don't touch on this either no, so, no, so, no, this no, isn't no explained no way it's just that there is a kid yeah there data we'll call him as we said all right we so can't wh- call him data because that's star trek like oh yeah whatever we'll we'll call him some kind of you call him datum <laughs> as in like no, we'll call him bite like okay, b-y-t-e yeah, b-y-t-e yeah sure uh, and that'll be him and uh what okay? So what do we have? We what what's actually going to happen in this film? Is there going to be an event? So should there be some kind of cataclysmic event that uh, occurs that then bands these disparate group of kids together, or is it going to be something a bit more mundane? Yeah, so I mean, you, you could go down the uh, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg thing, where it's just the daily lives of these oh, yeah. kids. Yep. You could do the alien invasion day after tomorrow. Yep. Um, military invasion. Yep. You could. I mean, I. I 
really want to steer clear of AI, even though we've got an AI, <laughs> like AI is not taking over, the no, robots no, no. aren't taking what over. What if we did something a little bit different, which was like post-alien invasion? So like the aliens have invaded, they've been defeated, they leave, but the the earth is in a bit of ruins. There's a lot okay. of alien tech lying around. This is maybe where Byte sort of comes into it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've left their tech behind, but it doesn't integrate well with ours, and yeah. for some reason is kind of slow learning, right? Sure. Yeah. Should it may, maybe like Byte accidentally stumbles upon some of this technology and it binds itself to him, which it can't do for anything else. Um and as a result, Byte sort of becomes different or is you know what we do? We do <laughs> we do the equivalent of Spider-Man for Byte. So obviously with Ooh. Spider-Man, Peter Parker gets bitten by a radioactive spider, starts getting all these weird powers that he doesn't know how to manage. That's what also happens to Byte as a result of interacting with alien technology uh, that doesn't affect any of the humans because it's all exactly. electronics and, and stuff. But to him, it starts sparking off like all sorts of random things and stuff he doesn't quite understand. It's also an, an analogue for puberty as well. Oh, right, which okay. Yep, traditionally, sure. actually, you that, know what? We turn, exactly this, exactly we turn what this Spider-Man into more is. of a comedy. We turn this more into a slacker comedy where Byte, for the first time, is able to experience robotic puberty that all of his friends are going through, but he cannot because <laughs> he is a robot until he interfaces with, with that alien technology which suddenly makes him do weird things. Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. I like it. And then we can have really fun conversations where, like, you know how kids... I mean, I don't know what your experience was like growing up, but, you know, you generally, when you're at that age, you kind of, like, have tentative discussions with your friends about certain things. So so what's, what stage of puberty are you up to? I'm on, I'm on level two. I haven't um, upgraded to level three yet. Exactly. But, um, yeah, I like it. It actually turned a little bit from... I was thinking Chronicle was a bit where they find, like, a yeah. meteor and develop superpowers. Yeah. It's turned more less away from that and more to uh, like Encino Man which yes. is like Paulie Shore and Sean Austin <laughs> dig up a caveman oh and they've got to like sort of deal with this caveman oh as it man. bubbles through uh, their high school lives man what is Paulie Shore doing these days I feel like we need to cast we cast him as one of the dads or something yeah in, maybe in as like the, the weird teacher at school or something yeah like that's that. it the weird teacher that's it he's perfect for the weird teacher and, and Sean Austin can definitely play like the school principal like the uptight yep. play by the rules school principal yep absolutely uh, so okay this is great then we also need you know what we also need we need like an older an older kid who acts as like the one that they all look up to because they're just way too cool uh for the juniors they've sort of like they're maybe maybe like 18 years old already and they already are starting to learn to drive or they have a car license yeah in um uh i think that's john cusack in stand by me right plays yeah. uh Will Wheaton's older brother. Yeah. I, I want to go female, though, this time. Okay, it's a bit sure. Too, it, it's always the same, where it's always, like, some older dude. And I think a, a So, it, if it was 10 age. years ago, we'd play... Anna Kendrick is that role, right? <laughs> where she's, she's the older, wiser sister. Yeah. Um, who is it nowadays? Who's on the cusp there? I don't watch enough films oh, anymore to tell you who it whoever's is. Whoever's on Home and Away at the moment, or Neighbours. All right, uh, so we're, we're doing Australian setting? Uh, we don't have to. Like, you know, all those people. You know, I mean, look look at, uh, what's his name? Thor, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. He, he was in an Australian soap, and look what he's gone on to yep. attempt to do an I'm sure in. Uh, Margot Robbie was in uh, Neighbor, yeah, Australian was, soap uh, what, opera Neighbours. You, you mentioned a film that you watched, uh, also directed by McGee, called The Babysitter. Babysitter with That's, Samara Weaving, Hugo Weaving's uh, I was just going to say, Samara Weaving. There you go. Okay, sure. She can be the cool, like, aloof, uh, you know teenager who maybe at like 16 or 17 years old already has her driver's license uh is a bit of a like too cool for school kind of character and all the kids kind of look up to her as like 
someone who's just like, oh, what an ideal to match. And then I think that whatever adventures they get up to, they all need to come together at some point for some reason and have one last adventure or one last scheme together. So there, I think there still has to be a... We do need to have like a a, a, like a sort of a, a one ring sort of thing, like yeah. a, an impetus to go on a journey. Yep. Um, and I don't know what that is. Maybe like, it just needs to be a classic road trip. You know what? I think it definitely has to be. So... I, it's it's sparked by the robot getting robot puberty. Yeah, and maybe maybe there is like so they they come across like a crashed spaceship and something happens. Yep, and they know that there's there is one like Independence Day style downed mothership like yep. just like off the coast of <laughs> yep. wherever it is. You know how you see at the end of every Independence Day yeah, film, yeah, there's yeah. like the the jutting like, and they're like, we need to go there. We need to we need to get into that place because yep. that's that's the last remaining alien tech. Yep, and that'll give us the answers that we need. Okay, and so it's their journey from high school to crashed mothership. Perfect. I think uh, one of the uh, new abilities that Bite our robot gains Ooh, yeah. is the ability to turn into a car. So it kind of just morphs into a car. But I like the idea that, like, because it's happening to this robot so suddenly, it doesn't know how to drive. So we can (laughs) still have the whole, like, kids get into a car and not know how to drive. But the car drives itself because the robot's doing it, but it doesn't know how to control itself. Maybe not so much a car as, like, a a quad bike or tri bike sort of thing. Enough to carry the three other kids. Some kind of lofty 2024 idea of what a transportation vehicle looks like. Do you reckon Elon Musk will guest star in this film for us? Oh, for sure. In the same way that he had an obnoxious cameo in Iron Man 2... Uh, we'll put him into our film as well. Um, how would it be too much to say that like maybe Tesla has gone out of business no, at that I, point? I think if, if we're going to get him, like Tesla is now like running space stations and I think, stuff yeah. like that. And I think Tesla actually made Byte. No, no, I think Byte comes from Alien. Te- maybe Tesla has as as we as we find out, uh, Tesla has uh, it's, salvaged I, the Alien tech yeah. and is releasing technology based on that. I think that like Tesla developed the weapons that ultimately defeated the aliens yes but so, it, but it's also but it's also based on alien tech alien. because they've spent so much and time maybe, up maybe we like yeah. like like independence day and uh uh star trek we get brett spiner in there to be <laughs> the um the scientist who's yeah. coming up with all this tech so what, what, what we'll say in the background as kind of like the backstory for it you know that car that uh, tesla launched into space uh, about a year ago or so yep it was a uh, elon musk's personal tesla roadster I think that what we'll say is that uh, two years prior to the the events of the film, that car actually comes back to Earth loaded with alien technology. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, a, there's a moment in um, uh, Star Trek First Contact yep. where uh, the Vulcans are, are flying by and the only reason they stop off at Earth yep. is because uh, one guy happens to launch the first warp drive and oh, like yeah. oh humans have finally got the capacity to um to, yeah. to look for warp technology we'll come and introduce ourselves and initiate first contact with an alien race yep maybe that's why aliens in- invaded earth yeah that's right because yeah. they're like oh they've got the ability to launch <laughs> road vehicles into space uh we'll come and we'll come and invade them before they get too powerful yeah great so elon musk is actually great. the impetus for the alien invasion yeah. as so- well <laughs> Yeah, okay, great. But this is all backstory. All right? backstory. This doesn't is all just like plot. hinted at in like. Just if, you, if you zoom in on one of the newspapers, yeah, it, yeah. like it may say like the news reports that are going off in the background. Yeah, yeah. But like this is just all all yeah fan fiction. So backstory, we'll just say really. that the kids want to travel to where this crash ship is uh, because I think they they need to be excited for it. They need to have like a good. You know how like kids want to go 
to Florida for spring break yeah, or whatever. And, like, it's definitely a, we can't tell our parents we're going on this road yeah, trip. Yeah, absolutely. So, yep. um, so what, what's the reason why they want to go to this crash ship? I think it is just to get, get to the bottom, like it, like uh, so the the bites can alien oh, interface. You know what it is. You know what it is. The kids are being bullied, and the kids also know that there's some nice juicy alien weapons on that ship. Right. Okay. So they're just. Like, I also think it's kind of like these these films are all about the, your American pie. It's it's getting to second base. Yep. Like, what's the only other alien tech that Byte can interface with? It's the crashed mothership. It's the equivalent of... Ah, so, like, okay, so it's also, like, Byte's getting laid, basically. Yes, a little bit. Like, I mean, again, it's all allegorical in a certain way, but that's pretty much how we frame it. Oh, this is great. And then, as a result, we get, um, uh, what's-her-name Weaving's character also goes along with them just through circumstance, right? Like, it's not... Maybe she meets up with him part of the way through. I don't. I don't think she's part of the 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 core crew. I think she should be. I think it's just by circumstance that she gets lumped in with these kids. Like maybe she's running away from. Um, maybe she's like she's done some sort of like minor crime, some kind of petty crime. She's running away from doing that crime, or she's just run away from the scene of the crime. Jumps in to bite the car, bite the yeah sure personal vehicle, and she's just like go 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 go, and then just as a result they're now together because like. So who are the kids then? We've got we've got three kids I mean, slots look, to fill. Considering that the um, that it chapter one utilized one of the actors, one of the kids from Stranger Things, I say we just pick another actor from Stranger Things. Sure, take them. What's the um, uh, Gaben Gaben Matara? I was going to go with uh, Millie Bobby Brown. She yeah, can, she can be. We've Ellie. had her in a fair few. So we'll, okay, we'll bring both of them in. We'll bring so um, Gaden is the the kid with the curly hair and the hat. And Millie Bobby Brown, obviously. I also think, like, maybe Ellie Fanning could be Samara Weaving's little sister. Oh, yeah? Okay. So, okay, that's the connection. So, yeah. um, uh, I mean, she's old. She's getting old now. That's true. She might be older than, than Weaving, actually. As, I, look, I don't think so. I think, Either I think, way. I think Samara Weaving's probably 30 playing 18, <laughs> and Ellie Fanning's, like, 22 playing, playing 14. 14, yeah. So. All right, that, that works. And then we kind of, I mean, we're kind of also bringing in the cast of, um, what was that really terrible... The, the Abrams Super one. 8. Super 8, yeah. Which, you know, aside from the casting, which was great, the film itself was not Except, that. I mean, this is, this is where we, we, we draw. This is where we're doing better, yeah. What was the good thing about Super 8? Casting. Casting, yeah. Let's, let's cast Just the people from Super 8. What's happened to the main, like, boy from that no film? No idea. No idea. Granted, he's probably way too old to be in our <laughs> film now, but... I mean, we, we could even bring him back as one of, like, like a cool teenager that smokes or something. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, that's the journey. And because the... Ellie Fanning, it's not definitely not going to be the right age, but because she's friends with the other the other people, that's how the older sister gets involved, and that's how they all go off together. This is what I don't like about Disney's like re-aging Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. There was a time when we just pretended. That's right, <laughs> like, yeah. We were watching 90210. Yeah. We, we knew that these 30-year-old people weren't yeah, old yeah. enough for high school, but we pretended. Do you remember when they just got completely different actors to play younger versions exactly. of characters? Remember when, uh, I mean, look at Star Wars. They didn't de-age Alec Guinness to play Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. in the prequels. They cast a brand new actor. Didn't get James L. Jones as little <laughs> Anakin Skywalker. Um, yeah, look, I, 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 think, I think people have the ability to suspend their disbelief. Yeah, yeah. They don't need Will Smith to be a teenage (laughs) Will Smith. They don't need Samuel L. Jackson to have digital makeup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, look at the cast of the Goonies, right? Like, you just can't tell what any of... What age any of them are. Yeah, I think we're going to have to get Martha Plimpton into this one as well. Yeah, exactly. She can play... 
Kathy Bates diner restaurant lady, <laughs> where it's just right, like, sh- let's let's just get in. What we should do? This will be like a a who's Sean who. Austin's. <laughs> well, we've already got him in this film. We pulled Wait, him are you out. Talking of about his- Sam, uh, not that's uh, Sean Austin. Yes, yeah, right. no, I yeah. confused it with his character. Because um, we, we stole him from Encino Man, we but we're also simultaneously <laughs> stealing him from, from Goonies. Goonies. I think this should be a who's who of kids, like kids actors, kid adventure actors. So we'll get in the kids from Stand by Me. Well, so so will most Wheaton most of them anyway. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman, um, not Joaquin Phoenix, not like, sorry, not River Phoenix. Jerry, you mean. River, uh, Jerry O'Connell, Jerry O'Connell. Oh, man, he's yeah, all right. Uh, we will get in. Um, Sean Astin, Sean Astin, Short Round, Short Round, uh, Martha <laughs> Plimpton. Yep. Uh, what's his name? Josh uh, Brolin. Josh Brolin. Yeah. Uh, yep, that will come in. What else? Who? Are I think the- these are all like we had our own. One of the very first films we ever made was a film called Adventure Kids. We did, yeah. This, um, this is so, almost Adventure yeah, Kids too. So we'll bring in some of the whoever we've cast in Adventure in fact, Kids. Is this Adventure Kids too? I don't think so. Adventure Kids was very weird, where we were doing time travel casting oh, really? and, and Nazi U boats. So. <laughs> This isn't weird. No, it's, it's, it's a separate film. I think spiritually, uh, yeah. it it's has a spiritual a lot of, successor. But yeah. it's, it's its own thing. In the same way that Stranger Things is a spiritual successor to The Goonies, yeah. whatever this film is called is a spiritual successor to Adventure Kids, which is also a ripoff of uh, End of whatever that film was that we just watched today. What was it called? Uh, Rim of the World, which in itself was a ripoff of on in 2060 seconds. It's a tadukin of films. Yeah, there's as I think um, Carl Jung said, there's only really six true stories. That's right, and, and we're doing all of this them. This is episode, what, 73? <laughs> so. All right. I think I like all of this. I like what we're doing here. I think crowds are going to flock to it because they want to see all their old favourite childhood actors coming back and looking way older Do than they remember. Do we also bring in old childhood robots? the short circuit is short circuit a robot oh, yeah, who cameos. The robots in. Yeah, okay. so, so we bring bring the robots from those 80s yep. fi- like if we're bringing the kids back from the 80s films yep. to play roles why not bring in the bring robots, in the robots yeah. bring in I, short I, circuit and i don't know any others gizmo no that's that's oh, that's a toy yeah who knows a real maybe r2d2 sitting there in the background <laughs> who knows little little cameos from robots because yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. what they don't really do so that's right yeah. yeah and i mean like unlike actors that disappoint you because they've aged so much since you last saw them robots don't age you can bring uh, them straight back have and you seen like- the short circuit robot recently <laughs> he's really let himself go <laughs> he's had a bit of work he's as got, well yeah they tried to buff the rust lines around from his eyes and they just botched it up and now it looks all weird i uh, so we we better give him an opportunity then to, yep. to reprise his role as short circuit uh yeah i think that's what we do and then we can do a sequel where it's 27 years later and all the kids are adults. It's true. We, we Again, we, we do tend to plan out our sequels a little bit early <laughs> on. Maybe we'll just see what the, see the success this, is. See how the so box office one, yeah. returns on this one and then we decide whether or not to do a sequel, which, you know, that's a thing. We can then retroactively apply things. Uh, all right. I think the last thing that we need for this film is the name. Yes. Do we just call it Bite? Yeah, Bite could work. I think it really opens up the door for sequels though, right? Because yeah. like if the first one's called Bite, then the second one's yeah. obviously called Kilobyte Kill- and <laughs> Me- Megabyte and Terabyte and you know that- Giga, Giga Tetra? tetra, tetra? You, yeah. what, what comes after terabyte? Uh, Gigaflop? Xenobyte. Xenobyte? Okay. Yeah. There you go. I mean, Petabyte? I mean, yeah, yeah I, I said we're not going to plan too far ahead and already I'm thinking of what the <laughs> like film of the sequence can call. <laughs> you know what we can do for the trailer? If, we, if, if people are confused as to why this film's called Bite, the trailer needs to be one of those classic style trailers where movie film voice guy goes, meet Bite. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen, again... Uh, 
for audience members out there, it's worth going and watching a trailer for a film called Mac and Me, oh, which man, was yeah. a, a McDonald's <laughs> sponsored oh, ripoff of ET. Oh, ET, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you if you want to get a sense of what the movie film voice is telling you, I'm just <laughs> spelling it all out. Then go watch that. There's a there's a great scene in that film that Conan O'Brien used for years and years when I think when Paul Rudd came on the show. Paul Rudd would like come on the show and like he'd be talking about his latest film and every time he said here's a clip from the film it'd be this clip of like from Mac and me of a kid in a wheelchair zooming down a hill and then tumbling off a cliff into water (laughs) and it's just like presented without context whatsoever and then Paul Rudd would just sort of nod serenely afterwards (laughs) and that'd be it um but yeah I (laughs) What were we talking about? The, the, the tone for the movie voice yes, is, is, is definitely is that. lifted exactly from It's Mac definitely that. Me. It's like, meat bite. He's not your ordinary kid. And then just like cut to like all these manic things. Anyway, that's the kind of flavor we're going for here. You know exactly what it is. No one is going to go to this film and be confused as to what bite is about. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. I think that I is. I think that's a wrap on bite. Housekeeping, as per usual, we are online at moviefilmstudios.net where you can find all of our episodes, our bios, and Mephuzawudida, which is the database of films that we've made on this very podcast. Search your favorite social media platforms for Movie Film Studios as we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we post various things on each of those platforms that definitely take advantage of those platform strengths because we are very, very social media savvy. If you have a gang of kids who need uh, to be quieted down every afternoon because they're off a sugar high, then how about you expose them to our podcast? You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, our website, of course, and pretty much any other place that you get podcasts from. If we're not on your favorite platform of choice, question why that is. Uh, the other thing that might be worth doing is if you're following Movie Film Studios on Facebook, uh, give uh, AJ and Isaac, uh, Ooh, which yeah. is our other page, a like. Uh, you'll be able to follow us. Uh, we've got a couple of live shows coming up later in the year, which we'll fill in the details there. But the best yeah. way of checking out when and where we're performing around Sydney mm-hmm. is uh, by following that page as well. If you like the podcast, definitely come along to one of our live shows. Um, and if you don't like the podcast, come along to one of our live shows because it's very different. <laughs> and I think that's it. All that remains this week is to thank you once again for listening. I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Roll credits.